Enough with embrace debate. Pointless yelling at each other on ESPN and Fox. Yet very little actual content. It's time for a change. A voice from the fan. For the fan. The most compelling topics in sports. All covered here. This is Corbett's Corner. Okay, again, thanks to Brennan Duarte for voicing all of our new intros. We appreciate it. This is Corbett's Corner, the extensive college basketball preview, which we've been uh, teasing throughout the last week or so. Ty Dolson with us, Matthew Cruz, and I'm Dylan Corbett. Uh, basketball, college hoops, all day tomorrow. Morning to night, of course, it was the last sport that was ripped from us uh, amidst the pandemic. So it's kind of like bittersweet to kind of see it back on the court. Um, and again, we're excited for a big season and hopefully it's going to actually end this time with a traditional March madness. So what we got planned for you is we are looking at each conference for a breakdown, the power conferences. And of course we got to hit Missouri Valley. That's our home, uh, Bradley university. Um, the last reigning two Missouri Valley champs, right? So they, they were conference champs last year and then pandemic hit obviously, but Bradley, Brian Wardle's got this program in the right direction. Um, and we're excited to talk Missouri Valley. We'll do some final four picks and player of the year picks as well towards the end. Uh, but let's dive into some conferences. Uh, first of all, we got to talk about, I think the guy, I think the team that everyone's going to kind of be collectively rooting for uh, this season kind of through podcast listeners is, you know, people like to root for Boston College for me. I think Illini basketball is going to be really fun to root for, for Matthew Ice, for Eddie Kortz. Uh, they're getting a lot of national recognition. Um, let's start there. Let's dive into arguably the best conference in college hoops. Matt, you have the floor. Gas up your Illini. Gas up the best conference in college hoops. Uh, the Big Ten is where we'll start. Sure. Uh, Big Ten is uh, widely regarded as the best conference in college basketball coming into this season. The last couple of years, it's them in the Big 12, in my opinion. ACC down a little bit. Big East yeah. very down. Um, three top 10 teams in the Big Ten to start off. Iowa, Wisconsin, and Illinois. Wisconsin or Illinois at number eight is actually the third highest ranked Big Ten. Um, they return almost every single player. The two guys who are gone are transfer Alan Griffin to Syracuse and Andres Feliz graduated. And so in two guys, yes, they played roles, but they're very replaceable. And now they're replaced by better guys. They have two top 50 recruits, Adam Miller, Mr. Basketball in Illinois, Peoria guy, and Andre Curbelo, a Puerto Rican kid out of New York, very talented point guard. And bring those two guys in. They have two transfers who had to sit out last year, uh, six, 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 seven guys, wings, uh, Austin Hutcherson and Jacob Grandison. Look for those two to contribute immediately. Uh, here's what it comes down to, three-point shooting. They were 310th in the country last year in three-point shooting percentage, yet they still got fourth in the Big Ten, were poised for a run in the tournament, won a lot of games. With that in mind, if they can become just – a middle of the pack three-point shooting team go from 30 to 35 percent that could be what makes them a final four team they have Io DeSumo who now he tested the draft waters came back he's now way too early projected as a lottery pick next year uh preseason first team all-american they return Kofi Coburn a seven-footer and to go deep in March, you need to have good experience backcourt and you and it helps to have a big with a motor like Kofi Coburn. So yes, they are my bias, slightly unbiased pick to win the Big Ten. 
Uh, after that, I have Wisconsin as the second best team in this conference. I'm not as high on them as everyone else is. A lot of people think that they're a lock to win the Big Ten. I don't see that. They do return everyone, though. Uh, Demetric Trice, Brad Davison, I absolutely hate him. Uh, <laughs> Nate Rovers, Michael Potter, Aline Ford, uh, very talented. And the one thing Wisconsin every year you can guarantee they will not beat themselves. They don't turn the ball over. They don't make stupid fouls. They play good defense. Yeah. A bunch of white guys who can shoot threes more often than not. Um, so I do think they're the next best. I have Iowa's the third best team in the Big Ten. I'm not nearly as high on them as everyone else is. Look, yes, they have Luca Garza. And, yes, they score a lot of points, but they don't defend to save their life. I think their coach, Fran McCaffrey, is an absolute lunatic. He loses yeah. more games than he wins with his antics on the bench. Uh, yes, they're a good team. Yes, they'll score. Um, but I don't think they're a top five team in the country. And every and Iowa fans are butthurt about this because that's kind of the consensus I'm seeing around, like, college basketball Twitter is other people are kind of see it as I do. And it's like, well, what about Luca Garza, blah, blah. And it's like, we can point to games last year where Luca Garza scored 40-plus points and they still lost. Like, it, right. you know, it's not all there is. Um, Ty, I'll let you dive in. I'll uh, jump back in with some Minnesota and whatever else talk, but go for it. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm not going to touch any more on Illinois. I think Illinois is going to be very, very strong. And they, I have them in the top three teams. I mean, that's not a unpopular opinion there by no means. However, I do have Iowa coming out as the conference champ of the Big Ten. Mm. Um, I think Luca Garza is the main focus here. He can score inside and out. They have so many shooters around him. Uh, Jordan Bohannon's going to return this year from his hip injury that uh, sidelined him after 10 games last year. Um, CJ Frederick shot 46.1% from three, and they just have so many other guys that can come out there. Yes, Matt did bring up a really good point there that Iowa has a tough time defending. But I think uh, with the long off season and returning a lot of guys, returning Luca Garza, I think that they can hopefully get that turned around. I, I see them as being the conference champ. And the other team that I don't want to sleep on here in the Big Ten is uh, Tom Izzo's Michigan yes, sir. State. Um, newcomer, Joey Hauser, he's going to be there. I mean, the guy we saw him at Marquette with his brother, who I'll touch on once we go in the ACC, um, what, what he could do there. But I, I'm super excited to see what uh, he can do with Tom Izzo. Uh, Joshua Langford also returns um, from his uh, foot injury. So I think Michigan State, I, I think um, Illinois, Iowa, Michigan State, I, don't even, I have Wisconsin as number four. Michigan State is my pick to win the Big Ten. I think there's a lot. It's the best conference. There's so many people yeah. that you can have, and I think Tom Izzo, a team that probably could have had a good shot last year um, coming into this year. I know they've lost some people, but um, I've got Michigan State, a, kind of a dark horse. I'm looking because, I, Ty, you picked Iowa. <laughs> I think a lot of people are saying, Luca Garza, oh, Iowa must be good, as, Matt, you were alluding to. That's why a preseason ranking. So what if he gets injured? You know, what What if he doesn't come out great? What if people double-team him? I mean, it's live or die through him, so that's why I'm kind of a little bit wary on them. Um, I just think Michigan State's there. Wisconsin, don't sleep on them. We've already touched on that. I think they're going to be a pretty deep program. Defense is going to win uh, more games than not, much like how Virginia does. Matt, I got some follow-up questions for you on Illinois. I remember when Brad Underwood made that tournament run with Sam Houston State, uh, gets hired as Illinois. Uh, Illinois head basketball coach 
had been some struggling years, right? Uh, you know, again, you don't want to grade too early based on a full rebuild, but you know, outside of last year, I think it, it had been some growing pains. And unlike, you know, I'll make this comparison for Scott Frost, who seems to have made no uh, absolute kind of forward progress with Nebraska as he was supposed to be the second coming. Illinois basketball has obviously had a lot of lore. Brad Underwood struggled through some tough times, tough years. Now he's got a team ranked preseason in the top 10 and with some serious national title like hopes. Yeah, I first I got to correct you. Stephen F. Austin was where he came. What did I say? Same Houston State. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, he was absolutely dominant at Saint, uh, SF Boston. Like they were going thirty-two and five for five straight years, just a ridiculous record. Then he had the one year at Oklahoma State, and that's when uh, Illinois poached him. They poached like he had just signed a big deal with Oklahoma State. Illinois poached him. Right. Yes, two horrible seasons. After year two, I was getting real close to saying this is not the guy. You need guys typically college guys get five years typically. It's right. a rare occasion if they only get three or four. What was Gino for? Four, five? Uh Gino got four. Yeah. So it's usually get about five. If you're really bad, then they'll pull early. So but then last year, huge jump out of nowhere. We thought they'd be better. Yes, Io returned, and he finally got the big. Illinois hadn't had a good big man since 2005 when they were national runner-up. That's a program-changing uh, commitment you got there in Kofi Coburn because he panned out, too. Obviously, recruits don't mean anything, the stars. But um, So, yeah, no, he's in the right direction at first. I was not a fan. He, you know, big, angry uh grouch on the sideline but he's actually changed a lot last year they did a game against penn state they had both coaches mic'd up i loved it probably my favorite game of the year no announcer so you heard everything him and pat chambers r.i.p uh were saying r.i.p because he got fired he didn't die um i I literally was paying my respects i was silently praying pat Pat chambers is a racist so he uh got Ah. penn state so uh yeah ceiling's high and uh, yeah, but this is the first time with expectations because last year they were picked to finish 10th in the Big Ten and they got fourth. So it, we'll see how he handles it. I honestly, I don't know how that'll be because he's never been in the spot before. He knows how to win games though. He's, uh, he adapted big time from year two to three. He tried to bring in this style of in your face. They turned everyone over, but they also had tons of turnovers themselves. So he got it right last year. Two more things about the Big Ten. Don't sleep on Michigan State ever. They're giving yes. the keys to Rocket Watts. He played really well last year as a freshman, kind of behind, but also alongside Cassius Winston. So uh, Joshua Langford, Aaron Henry still there. And then uh, obligated to give a little bit of Gophers preview. I think they'll do better than what Ty does. Ty has them out of the bottom 10 of the Big Ten. I think they're in that 7, 8, 9 range. Um, they're going to start three transfers. Liam Robbins, the seven-footer from Drake. Uh, what's the second? Both Gotch, the Minnesota kid who went to Utah, and then uh, what's the name of the last guy? Jordan Williams. Uh, no, Brandon Johnson, the Western Michigan transfer, averaged fifteen and eight. So they start those three transfers, and then Gabe Kalsher, Marcus Carr, Marcus Parr, Carr, very good point guard, um, led the Big Ten. Excuse me, in minutes played. Minnesota will be very big, a lot of size. I think that'll actually do them well in conference play. Um, they're thin at guard. They do bring in freshman Jamal Mashburn Jr., former. Uh, wow, dad, former that is true. Player. Yeah, I love a, Mashburn. He was a top 100 recruit. His kid doesn't have a size because I think he, the dad is like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. The kid's only six foot, so he's a point guard. Um, so thin at guard, but lots of size. And uh, 
I think he he's legitimately sixth year senior Eric Curry. He's had two or three significant major knee injuries. We thought he was done. He's still there. He's still he's healthy now. So um, he'll make some impact off the bench. I think they can finish middle of the pack. Jamal Mashburn and Baron Davis, great days for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, here's a question to transition kind of off of Matt's point. Uh, expectations, something the Gophers had last year. Um, Illinois has them this year, and I think, Matt, you kind of explained it. Uh, how are they going to handle it? We'll see. Uh, Minnesota did not handle expectations last year. Now everyone's off the bandwagon. Everyone's, you know, even Ty, a Gopher fan, is saying, hey, I've got him picked on him to last. So as Matt was saying, they've got some high ceiling, uh, not bottom to last, but, you know, not as great. Uh, the 9-10 the seed. Yes. And, um, you know, so they have some potential upside, but I am a personal guy to where I like no expectations. So, Ty, wrap up your Gopher analysis. Yeah, no, I just think that the Gophers are going to be, like Matt said, a very different look this year. Um, no Daniel Aturu as he was drafted. Um, and um, I'm just not very sold on uh, Liam Robbins, uh, the Drake guy. It's um, Patino's brother, isn't it still, Rick? Well, yes, yes, yeah. as a head coach. But, yeah, uh, Liam, Ro- Liam Robbins' uh, uncle plays. But I-, I just thought that Liam Robbins was a little soft in the Missouri Valley. I see Kofi Coburn. I see Luca Garza. I see both of them. Yeah, I, yeah. I see those two guys just absolutely bullying him. Him getting in foul trouble and barely even playing. Let's uh, unless we got something else. Let's flip to the ACC. My neck of the woods. Uh, I saw basketball power index on uh, ESPN had Boston College as the lowest rated team in the ACC. Love to see that. Um, I we got Villanova. I mean, good God, that's tomorrow. So I can't wait to just get sucked into getting blown out tomorrow. Um, ACC is interesting, isn't Virginia the highest ready preseason team? Um, they are. Yeah, North Carolina's ranked, which I don't understand. Uh, terrible year last year. They lose Cole Anthony to the draft. So uh, Roy Williams, who I love as a coach, I kind of was a little bit weary of them. I love Duke for whatever reason. I feel like not too many people are talking about him. Not the usual. I feel like Duke shoved down our throats every single year. I'm not seeing that as much. So I like them to kind of surprise some people with a young team, the ACC. That's my pick. Uh, Matt, how are you seeing this one? Virginia, of course, has the uh, still title of reigning defending champs as we did not have a tournament last year. Yeah, I like how you said no one's really talking about Duke. That was the one comment I was going to make them make about them is this is a team without the big NBA top five that they've had a lot of in the last I like how they're kind of bringing back some guys right yeah so it's going to be a new look Duke team for sure uh I actually do think UNC bounces back and is a top 15 team most of the year Garrison Brooks could be a first team All-American someone actually said they could be better without Cole Anthony not a great teammate not the way the way he plays so we'll see how that bounces out but yes the inevitable and I'll uh let Ty get some chatter in here about Virginia they are my pick I think they're um they're going to be right there in the final four in that mix um I think they have the biggest impact transfer of anyone in college basketball. Sam Hauser is the one at Virginia, I believe. Um, that is correct. He is, better, yeah. he is the better twin. He averaged 16 and uh, seven at Marquette with uh, shot over 40% every year from three. We know Virginia 
is just an orchestra and a ballet on defense. They suffocate you. They do not give you shot. They had one game last year. Uh, someone had 19 shot attempts in the entire game. How does that happen? Like, that's just what they do. They don't score, but now I do think they're um, much better offensively with the Hauser addition. Last year, they didn't have Kyle Guy or uh, Ty Jerome, which is a big loss. But, yes, you said it. They are still the reigning NCAA champ, and they have a chance to repeat. Yeah, no, exactly. Going off of what Matt was saying with Virginia, I have them to finish first in the ACC uh, with Kihei Clark returning. Um, he'll be he'll, he'll be the play caller. He'll be the mastermind. I can see him drawing a little attention when he has a little dribble drive, kick out to Hauser for three, bang. And I, I can see them get some nice points uh, co- coming from offensively. And obviously, that's Matt's hit on. They are so good defensively. And I think that um, with the addition of Hauser, they'll just be able to simply outscore players. Um, another team that I'd like to highlight, though, in the ACC. That BC? I wanna... No, not no. BC. Uh, Florida State. Yeah. Um, so Florida State got this guy named Scotty Barnes, 6'9 point guard, five-star recruit. Um what? You say 6'9 point guard? 6'9 point guard. And they are returning three starters. Uh, they got a seven-footer, uh, Balsa Kapravika, um, who uh, was playing real well. He got injured. He's going to be back. Um, so he'll be nice coming off the bench. Um, I, I think Florida State can make some noise. Um, Leonard Hamilton always has his team going. And with especially Duke being young this year, they might not be as strong as they have been. Um, so uh, going into Duke, what I have here is, yeah, Duke has four five-star freshmen. And um, they obviously have Matthew Hurt and Wendell Moore, who will be the two guys leading yeah. those four five-star freshmen. So um, I, I just see there are a lot of inexperience there. I think Coach K, with no one in uh, no, no one in the arenas, I think that's such a huge advantage for the Duke fans there, as well as Duke basketball, um, just to – simply have um all what is it four thousand fans there mm-hmm. um that they were saying that it's going to be like a four it's like a 14 point advantage when you play at duke just because of the fan crowd with it being empty i think that's going to be a huge um disadvantage to duke and then the last team that i got to touch on for the acc just because of my big fandom is syracuse uh syracuse is returning four starters um i saw that they were predicted to finish six um, which I th- I think is very um, hard for the course. yeah exactly yes so they got uh, Joe Girard, Buddy Bayham, Mark Dolajai, who I know Matt is a huge Dolajai fan, future NBA player. <laughs> no, not at all. And uh, Baruma Sidibe, and then obviously Alan Griffin joins Syracuse from Illinois. It's going to be interesting to see how they do because I think they're just going to be shooting the ball out of the gym this year, mm-hmm. and um, with their two three zone they can get into some huge track meets. However, if they do have some length there on the back line. So um, hopefully Syracuse, what they did last year is they played like 9, 10, 11 guys, which is totally against what Bayheim's done and how many years pass. I personally, I don't think the team is as strong with like a five, six, seven guys, how he's had before. And then he's got one, two rotation guys. I think it's going to be another 11 guys playing for Syracuse. I like how you pointed out Florida State because they're a team that never gets talked about enough. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the specific statistic I heard in the last week, 
but they were the best team at it over the last five, 10 years. I don't know if it was conference record, overall record. They're just a really good team always. Well, they're um, the uh, ACC regular season champs, right? Defender? Right. Yeah, that's correct. They're just always in the mix, but we never talk about them because of Duke, UNC, and recently Virginia. Um, how about Big East? What do you guys uh, – what do you see over there, doing? Anything? Yeah, I think this would be short and sweet. Uh, I think it's Nova. I, I'm always banking on Nova as a championship pedigree. Um, I always and- like them. They're minus 110 to win the conference preseason. That's <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I mean, Jay Wright's a great coach. Uh, he's always been floated to uh, the NBA, but never ever materialized. I, I think he should stay. He's got a great thing going. He's in Philly, you know. Good spot there at Nova. Uh, I like Nova big. Um, they're number three for a reason. And even if they do slip up here early, they're always going to be back in it, making a late run in the conference tournament getting a high seed. Um, I like how just kind of putting a bow on the ACC, Syracuse, a team that you can never count out in March. You know, even if they're a play-in seed, they're somehow making their way to the Sweet 16. But I like Nova to make a run in March. Yeah, only thing I have really for Big East, I'm with you, it's Nova's conference to win. Um, a lot of people are really high on Creighton. I keep seeing yeah. Who uh, you know? Who's a who's a dark horse feature you like? And I keep seeing Creighton thrown out there in like the three uh, thousands. Um, another uh, one comment I have. So we'll see what they do again. They're like Iowa to me. They don't play defense. They're really good uh, offensively. Marcus Zagorowski, one of the best players in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they defend enough, and I don't think McDermott's that good of a coach personally. Uh, other team I'll touch on Seton Hall. They were a top five top 10 team for a lot of the first half of last season kind of fell off and they lose everyone knows miles powell i think they might be better without him he was horrific the last 10 games last year and that's when they started to slide they rely on him a ton and when he wasn't good they were really bad so uh, i don't think they drop off that much they could be right there with creighton and villanova so matt i'm glad that you touched on creighton there i actually um Going away from America's favorite doing the Big East, I actually have Creighton one in the Big East because of Marcus Zagorowski. Um, I understand, yes, they lost Tyshawn uh, Alexander to the draft. Um, Zagorowski, he can simply do it all, though. He, he can create his own shot. He can uh, catch and shoot. Uh, he, he's a very, very fun player to watch. He shot 42.4 from three last year. Uh, he averaged over five assists per game. Um, the guy's the guy's very very special to watch. Um, yes, uh, Villanova they're going to be they're going to be a team down there uh, in March who's going to be very very dominant and um, going to be looking to obviously win the whole thing. They return eight of their top nine scores. Um, so I'm not going to go too much more into detail there because everyone knows about Villanova. But the one dark horse in the Big East that I have is actually Marquette. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marquette's going to be very, very different this year, especially without Marcus Howard, who shot, I don't even know what it was, more than, oh, more than 50, per- yeah, yeah, probably <laughs> more than 50% of their shots last year. So it's going to be a very different look. Uh, Dawson Garcia uh, should make some immediate impact. Uh, he's their top recruit. Uh, he averaged 31.9 points per game in high school. So it'll be fun to watch him. And then DJ uh, Carton from Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Uh, he should be. He, he's just a fantastic facilitator um, of the rock. So it'll be fun to watch those two. Um, and then also Theo John, who I feel like Theo John has been there for 17 years. 
it's finally his senior year. Uh, he, he's just a typical big guy. He can't really step out and shoot outside, but he's very, very uh, dominant inside the paint, uh, offensively and defensively. Is uh, Wojcikowski, the, what's he doing over there? Why did both Housers transfer? That always, I, mean, I get, actually, yeah, I, let me answer it myself. I think it's Howard. I, we're tired of playing with Marcus Howard. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> speaking of a guy who shoots a gazillion shots a game and is really good, let's go to the SEC and talk about Kentucky. Um, yes. I do think they're good. I have the inside scoop on them this year. I don't love them tomorrow, though, because they're an incredibly young team, and I think they start slow. They're going to take a while. Yeah. Um, uh, they're going to start four freshmen. That's par for the course with John Calipari. Um, B.J. Boston is the big one, the big recruit. But the uh, most impactful newcomer they have is going to be a transfer from Wake Forest, Olivier Sar, the Frenchman, seven-footer. He's going to be a day-one impact guy. Um, I think Kentucky will be really good. Calipari has them the same way every year. They're young. They're new. Um, they only returned one guy from last year, Keon Brooks. Uh, they'll be where they need to be in March playing well, but they will not win the SEC because Tennessee and Rick Barnes are going to win the t uh, SEC. Jaden Springer, five-star McDonald's All-American, uh, is going to be – instant offense and be a nice pairing with Viscovi in the backcourt. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name. Uh, the European or Southern American, South American, I don't even know where he's from. Also sounds um, right. <laughs> but he's, uh, he plays that like European style, Manu Ginobili lefty. He had a ton of turnovers last year. He couldn't play the first couple weeks or month of the season before he was eligible. Uh, but by the end of the year, he had figured out American basketball, and I think he's going to just triple-double after triple-double type of guy. You brought up a great point. Kentucky always notoriously starts slow. I'm hoping Moorhead State's not going to be the case again tomorrow. That's on Corbett's. Again, this is Corbett's corner. Matthew Cruz and Tyler Dawson. I'm Dylan Corbett. The CBB pod, college basketball all day on this Wednesday. I like Kentucky because the SEC runs through the bluegrass state. Um, even if they sl start slow, even if they don't get the top, even if they don't get the top three seats in the SEC tournament, I still like this team. Uh, BJ Boston is the guy everyone's talking about. I would direct you to a different freshman, Terrence Clark. This dude can bounce. This guy can bounce. Again, it's going to be a matter of can he develop a shot. Maybe that's a little bit more worrisome to NBA prospects. I think he is about to maybe not steal the shine from uh, Boston, but uh, I think he's going to be pretty capable. If he doesn't start in the starting lineup, I think he's going to captivate a role pretty quickly there in Calipari's squad. I like Kentucky. I think uh, you brought up Tennessee's another team. You always got to keep an eye out for Bruce Pearl. Um, and we were we were talking about Auburn. Uh, sorry, we were talking about Arkansas there, I believe, in Corbett's. Uh, Eric Musselman, a very good coach, so always got to keep an eye out for them. But I like Kentucky. My source – sorry, Ty, real quick. My source no, will have uh, Terrence Clark in the starting five for Kentucky tomorrow night. Right. Another guy with crazy bounce, Isaiah Jackson. Go YouTube his dunk from their Blue Madness the other night. Dude went from the free throw line windmill. It was ridiculous. <laughs> sorry, Ty. No, you're good. Um, so, Matt, I don't know if you – if maybe my, my ink bled onto – the counter when I was taking all these notes, but I feel like you have almost the exact same notes here in the SEC that I have. So I actually have Tennessee winning the conference here. 
Uh, Rick Barnes has four of his top five scores coming back. Um, you've already touched on Jaden uh, Springer from the IMG Academy. Um, also, John Fulkerson, he's uh, projected to be a first-team All-SEC. Um, I think Tennessee's the real deal. Um, second, I got Kentucky. I'm not going to add anything more to what you guys have. You guys pretty much just wrap that all up. I just think simply Tennessee is going to um, win the SEC just because I think Kentucky is just so young this year, which I understand is not new to Calipari. However, the other SEC team I want to talk about is the LSU Tigers. Um, I think they're going to be very competitive this year. Uh, Trenton Watford and Javante Smart, uh, both of them were selected to the first team all SEC. They're uh, coming back. Um, I think that they're uh, two very good guys that have a lot of good chemistry together. And then um, they also got three key transfers, uh, Sharif O'Neal, Brian uh, Penn Johnson and Josh. I can't read my handwriting, so I apologize Josh. for that. So, I can, but uh, <laughs> that, that, they have some they have some serious depth in the Tiger rotation. Uh, bringing in those three guys as well. Whoa. Last thing I got to say for SEC. Sorry, Dill. Uh, I got to point out Missouri and Matt Doss. Um, Underwood's first year when he came in, there were three or four uh, freshmen. Demonte Williams, who's at Illinois, and then Mark Smith, Jeremiah Tillman, and Javon Pickett. They were all in John Gross's recruiting class. When Gross got fired and Underwood got brought in, they all jumped ship and went to Missouri. Thank God. Missouri's bottom barrel of the SEC, those guys are not any good. Mark Smith actually went to Illinois for a year before he transferred because he fucking sucks. Uh, Missouri's terrible. Clemson Martin, pretty good coach, but that's all I got there. Yeah, all I was going to add on the LSU note was I don't know how Will Wade is not in jail. He's uh, such a shit. shit. It's, college basketball is just it's so dirty. I love it. Um, this one should be quick before an extensive Missouri Valley preview, and then we'll do our final four picks, coach of the year, player of the year predictions as well. Uh, Pac-12, I think this should be kind of cut and dry. Maybe not. I'm on Oregon. Um, I, I, I'm just all over the Ducks here. I, I think they've had some great teams. They're really starting to build uh, not just, you know, a good basketball program, football program. Like they're, you know, Nike just dripped down, new court every single game, new uniforms, you name it. I like Oregon in a week or Pac-12. Um, you know, Arizona is always there, but I think they underachieve USC, Arizona State. Some intriguing names with nothing jumping off the page to me other than chalk. I'll go with the Ducks. Uh, I'm just going to follow you here real quick, Dylan. I also have Oregon Ducks um, uh, being the conference winner of the Pac-12. Um, yes, Peyton Pritchard is gone. However, um, Chris Duarte and Will Richardson are back. And the thing that's real impressive here that I have is they, they've got uh, some very strong transfers, so they aren't going to have the freshman guys out there with the jitters. They have Amari Hardy from UNLV, Eugene Omariu from Rutgers, as well as uh, Eric Williams Jr. from Duquesne, uh, all guys who are going to see some serious minutes. And I think that they're going to uh, piece together a very good team around Duarte and uh, Will Richardson. And then the other team that I think is uh, going to make some noise in the Pac-12 this year is Arizona State. Simply Remy Martin's just a very special player. Um, he can do it all. Um, Alonzo Verge Jr. is also returning there. And then they got a really good freshman class with some guys who there's a lot of hype about around Josh Christopher and uh, Marcus Bagley. I have uh, UCLA winning the Pac-12. I am mm. a Mick Cronin believer in his system. Um, you know how hard it is to go from Cincinnati to UCLA 
with that what you did in Cincinnati and try to get it work. Like that's that's a ballsy even decision to try to do that yourself. Um, I'm a believer in him. Also, huge believer in Dana Altman that they he's been the class in the Pac-12 since he's been out there. I think Peyton Pritchard's a huge loss. So, uh, last one that we didn't get on to before the MVC is Big 12. That's oh yeah, right. Second best conference next to the Big Ten. Um, Kansas, you know about Kansas. They're always there. They're always good. Uh, Baylor is either one or two in the preseason polls, depending on which poll you're looking at. I Baylor, like, why is Baylor never there in the Final Four Elite Eight? Like, they always underachieve. This is not the first time they've been a top five, top ten team. I'm not sold. I have Texas Tech winning the Big 12. I think Chris Beard is a top five coach in the entire country. Uh, they have Mac McClung transferring in from Georgetown. I can tell Ty has Texas Tech also. Um, <laughs> Mac McClung is he just gets buckets. He brings a swagger about him that they haven't don't really have there. They've had track record of success with transfers. Matt Looney from South Dakota State, I believe. Yeah, Matt Looney. South Dakota. The moon um, swag. But yeah, big believer in uh, Texas Tech. I took them preseason like plus thirty four hundred, I think, and I think it's in the teens now. Um, all over Texas Tech. This is simple for me. Um, Baylor, again, I would have loved to see him in the tournament last year. Remember, that was a really good year. Um, them in Kansas in the Big 12 was um, pretty fantastic. Um, again, we didn't have the Big 12 tournament, but isn't it crazy, Bill Self? What is it, 16? We're, we're just racking up. How many Big 12 regular season titles has he got? It's, it's incredible. Straight. Um, the Big 12 runs through Kansas. They're always rinse, repeat, great teams. And I think a lot of people like to hate on Self. He's a damn good coach. Um, I think it's Kansas. I, I like Texas Tech. I'm a big fan of Chris Beard, as you said. Um, but I see it as Kansas and everybody else. And I think this year for the second year in a row, it's going to be Kansas and Baylor. You know, if Baylor clips them in Waco, perhaps. But no matter what, they're going to split, if not Kansas, going 2-0, and in my opinion. I've got Kansas winning the Big so I actually have Baylor going one. However, I have Texas Tech going two uh, in the Big 12 here. Baylor's are turning their top three scores with Jared Butler, Missy Oteague, uh, Davion Mitchell, and then they also have the defensive player of the year and Mark Vile returning. They have all their core guys back. I think Baylor um, continues what they left off doing last year um, with win- winning a lot of games. And um before I jump into my Texas Tech analysis, I, I'm not very high on Kansas this year. I no. I don't think Kansas I don't think Kansas will be in the title game. Um, I think Texas Tech Baylor that's going to be the matchup. Texas Tech, um, like Matt said, they got a very strong transfer in Matt McClung coming into town. Um, they also got a, a big man from VCU, Marcus Santos Silva, uh, who's going to be uh, clogging up the paint there. Um, but no, I just think McClung can do. Everything that uh, David Moretti could do better besides potentially shoot. And um, they're talking about how Moretti is just a huge loss for the Raiders there. Um, I, I just think uh, McClung will fill, or go in there and be very, very smooth and um, take over very well. Extensive college basketball podcast. Uh, the Zoom meeting is telling me we have three minutes left, so I will pause this and we will get into our Missouri Valley Conference preview and wrap this up. Uh, Corbett's Corner, our college basketball extensive preview. Matthew Cruz and Ty Dawson. We've got the MVC Missouri Valley coming up, as well as our Final Four picks champion, Coach of the Year and Player of the Year.
All right, continuing here on Corbett's Corner here on a Wednesday, our exclusive, extensive college basketball pod. We wrapped up all the big power conferences. Let's get to the Missouri Valley. Uh, we were just talking about this, Bradley defending back-to-back champs. Uh, some people have floated out the name Northern Iowa. That's where I'm at. Uh, Bradley, of course, was – they were a four seed, right, this past year when they went on to win in the tournament. So, again, I, th- I love what Brian Wardle has done for this program. Ty, obviously – a student manager in the Bradley University basketball program at the Cruzan Peoria, born and raised. He bleeds red. Um, and he's pumped about not only the last two years, but what he's got in store for this year. I'm going Northern Iowa. I know Loyola, Chicago's up there as well. But here's what's kind of what I'm thinking about. And this probably has no basis and probably makes no sense. But I'm just thinking – uh, Illinois a little bit more stricter. Maybe they were later to get back to practice, et cetera. Iowa's been open since shit fucking before Christ. Uh, I think Northern Iowa comes ready to come. Uh, ready to come. That was a odd phrase. Ready to play. How about that? <laughs> yeah, no, um, that, that, that's a good point there, Dale. Um, obviously, huge Bradley fan. Um, people could potentially say that I'm a little bit biased, but I think from the last two years, um, my opinions are backed up on how they have played. Um, they got some very key returners in Elijah's Child, Ja'Shawn Henry, Daniel Kingsby, Bill uh, Tavinen, Ari Boya. Uh, the pronunciations might be a little sketch there, so I do apologize. Vile, Vile, that's right. Uh, so, yes, they did lose a lot in Daryl Brown, Nate Cannell. Is Cockbar still there? No, no, he was also lost. Um, but I really like what they brought in with their newcomers. They got some really good transfers in uh, Sean East, Terry Nolan Jr., Kevin McAdoo. Um, I think these guys can um, make some noise right away um, for Bradley. Um, I mean, simply, Brian Wardle's gotten the town buzzing a little bit in Peoria yeah. there. Um, I know when I was a manager, there was a lot of empty seats there in Carver Arena. This on that year, note, what's what's the word? Do we have inside there? Is uh, the Civic Center going to have some seating capacity? None? No? No, no, no fans. Right. I thought so, Peoria was a little less strict, but not. No. Yeah, no. So, unfortunately, um, if you're watching the game on ESPN3 or uh, what, what is it, ESPN Flow Plus. Sports. Um, yeah. Um, th- th- it'll look like a very empty arena, but that's not because people don't want to go there. It's because of the whole COVID stuff. Um, but, no, Bradley – Bradley should add a lot of points from beyond the arc, especially with these uh, newcomers. Um, they did get um, some freshmen um, as well. I'm sure Matt will touch on them. He might have a little bit more inside information on the freshmen that Bradley got. Uh, but, no, you are saying Northern Iowa. I think the other team that Bradley's – that's going to get in Bradley's way of winning the title. And I'm not going to – as you'll notice, I'm not going to pick someone who's going to win the title. It's going to come down to Bradley or Loyola. Um, I think – Loyola, I mean, they're returning everyone of relevance from last year. Uh, Cameron Crutwig, the guy looks if – you, if you went and saw him out at a grocery store or something, you'd be like, ah, uh, this guy does not He'd do anything. He'd be bagging your groceries. Exactly. And you wouldn't think that he's athletic at all. Uh, he, he, he just knows how to play. He's very fundamental. Um, and uh, he draws two guys to him. They kick out. They end up getting a shooter. I mean, Tate Hall's there, Lucas Williamson, Keith Clemens, et cetera. Um, it's just a tough team to defend because, yeah, like I was saying, if you double down on Crutwig, they're going to kick it out. If you don't double down on him, he's just going to bully someone and get an easy layup because of his uh, size. And I mean, he's not very tall. I think it's only like six foot six, but I mean, he's got a little bit more meat on his bones and 
Um, he, he just bullies people down low. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to hand it over to Matt to see what he thinks of the Valley. But, yeah, just to reiterate, yeah, I think it's going to come down to either Bradley or Loyola. Uh, one thing I find or I have interesting is Missouri Valley announced that for conference play that um, they will be playing back-to-backs at the same place. So you will play four teams um, – at home, two games at home, four teams on the road both times, and then each team has a travel partner that they'll do a home and a home. Bradley's is ISU. A lot of them make sense. Uh, Loyola, Valpo, Northern Iowa, Drake, stuff like that. So I find that interesting. Uh, see if a lot of teams, you know, win both home games, but at the same time, there's no crowds at any of these places. I'll kind of start at the bottom. Valpo, the runner-up in the conference tournament last year, they lost to Bradley. They were in the right direction. Coach has them the right way, but then Javon Freeman-Liberty transfers to DePaul. He was the program-changing talent. I mean, he's probably won't get drafted, but he'll go to all the NBA camps and stuff like that. Right. Kid's a really good player, and he left. So that's a huge blow for them. I think they're kind of bottom of the pack this year. Drake has uh, the Murphy twins still there and Roman Penn. They'll be good middle of the pack. A lot of people like Indiana State with Lawrence or Tyree Key and Jake LaRavia. They'll be much better. A team I was really high on last year all year, once they sucked to start and then they got better and they were really good, was Missouri State. Yeah. They lost everybody. They have Gage Prim returning, the big hoss down low, like 6'8", 270, just a unit. It's him and 10 newcomers. I'm not too high on them. Uh, the team that Bradley beat in the first the Friday matchup in March Arch Madness, SIU, also a team in the right direction. Their two best players last year were freshmen, Marcus Domas and uh, Lance Jones. But they have no size. They lost everybody down low. So I don't know that they'll be that good. UNI is the preseason favorite per the coaches' polls and stuff like that. And they have A.J. Green, possibly the best mid-major player in the entire country. Apologies to Western Kentucky. It's Charles Bassey who might be the best player. Uh, that's why I'm betting against him tomorrow. Otherwise, I love you and I, though. Uh, Taiwan Pickett, Austin Burrow, uh, or Trey Burrow, Austin Fife was first team all Missouri Valley Conference last year. So they'll be good again. I think Loyola is my pick to win it as well. I think Bradley three-peats and wins in the conference tournament, but I yeah. do not think they'll win the regular season. I'll uh, get to them in a minute. Loyola, they have Keith Clemens back. They have Marcus Ted Kennedy back. They have Kafers. They have Ugakwe. They have Tate Hall. And then, yes, they have Cameron Crutwig, who has just dominated the Missouri Valley ever since he stepped foot on campus. In addition to the points and the rebounds, he's a big assist guy. Last year, he averaged like 16, 8, and 5. Um, the offense runs through him at the elbow. And they have shooters. Lucas Williamson is the glue that holds that team together. Porter Mosier in his second tour in the Valley. He was not good with Illinois State the first time. He has Loyola absolutely on the map. We know uh, what they did going to the Final Four. Sister Jean, you suck, but uh, that's fine. Lastly, got to talk about Bradley. Um, Yes, the elephant in the room. They lose Daryl Brown. They lose Nate Cannell. Daryl Brown, one of the best players. Wait, what end. happened to Nate Cannell? Because I watched him in high school and then committed. Did he transfer? No, he graduated. Did he? Really? God, we're getting old. All right. Yeah. Uh, and Nate Cannell was just a prototypical guy of what Brian Wardle's done for this program. He came in slow. He could shoot in high school, couldn't play defense, couldn't rebound. Um, by the time he was a senior, he was guarding the best wing 
player on the other team. Um, you could count on him for 10 to 15 every single night, getting big rebounds, big stops. Daryl Brown, the point guard the last four years, like I said, one of the best to ever suit up for Bradley, top five in points, assists, all that stuff. Um, but they also returned so much at the same time. Elijah Childs, first team, yeah. all Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, he's got a chance to end up like top 15 in points and rebounds and the dude missed uh, over half the season last year, like all time at Bradley. So um, he's poised for a breakout role. Um, Ari Boya is finally healthy after two years of being pretty hurt, the seven footer. That's the one thing that I love when Bradley gets to play Loyola is Crutwig struggles against Bradley's bigs. Koch Bar and Ari Boya are 7-1. Even Elijah Childs at 6-8 is extremely long, um, and they give him fits down low. That's why Bradley matches up really well. Uh, Ty touched – I don't think any of the freshmen are going to play at all, period, really. Uh, Jason Kent uh, – uh, I can't think of the other guy's name off the top of my head. I don't think any of them are going to play. Um, Redshirt freshman Rink Must, the Netherlands. We got another Dutchman back on Rink campus after Must. Yet. It's spelled Must, but it's pronounced Must, M U S T. So we have a. <laughs> uh, must start. Fill, fill it correct. We have filling Luke Von Bray's shoes after he. Uh, that was what Wardle did when he came to campus, was he went international immediately, got a ton of recruits yeah. mm-hmm. from overseas because it worked at the time and then eventually started to get his, you know, better players in here. Um, <laughs> So, yes, they lose a lot, but they have a bunch back. Sean East Jr. was a uh, true freshman last year at UMass. Uh, UMass, yeah. yeah. UMass averaged five assists per game. He's a true point guard. All of their guards are big, strong, and physical. Terry Nolan, Kevin McAdoo, they can shoot. They can score their athletic. The one thing that I love about this Bradley team is they can beat you any way. They're big and long, and if you are big and tall, they can be – stronger more physical than you they have tons of guards who can they can get out and run and play small ball they have shooters they have athleticism they have point guards they have senior leadership and they're going to play defense in march when it matters that's the best uh, attribute brian Wardle has as a coach dylan i remember uh before they won their first valley championship two years ago they mm-hmm. started conference zero and five you texted me brian Wardle is is he gone this year what did they do since then? Yeah, I do remember. Uh, I was like, he's not going anywhere because he just signed a four-year extension. But at the time, I was like, yeah, what the hell is this? You were supposed to turn the corner. They did. They won two in a row. They have all the momentum. Uh, this team has been locked in. They really were poised to make some noise in March. And I truly mean that. Like, they were going to upset someone in the first weekend. They weren't going to go to the Final Four. I don't think that. But they were going to beat a two, three, or a four seed, possibly Sweet 16. Um I'm excited and rearing to go. I I like what you brought up about yes. First of all, uh, that one of my many colossal mistakes was uh, I had Brian <laughs> Wardle on the hot seat uh, before he went back to back in the NBC. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it also, it was about as short. His hot seat stint was about as short as my time as a team manager on the basketball program. I think I went <laughs> to two practices and I uh, I just threw a water cup at someone and left. Um, but no, it was not for me. Then I became cord bitch. Remember that I was, uh, I had the television camera cords on the, on the goddamn. You did. You did. Um, great times. Bobby Parker, BP, the brave. Oh, Jesus (laughs) Christ. 
um, Rick, what you said Rick about Carius. yes, what you said about Nate Cannell was great because um, yeah, that's <laughs> a guy in like Central Illinois, which is good basketball, but it's not like Chicago, you know, it's yeah. not St. Louis. But uh, Cannell was a guy that lit up a high school game. But that dude's a that dude is gets lost in college programs. But you said Brian Wardle turned him into a guy that the Missouri Valley Conference feared. They yep. feared that dude. Uh, so they, I think Brian Wardle is a really good molder of men and really – I mean, what he did at Green Bay has carried over Wisconsin Green Bay to what he has done at Bradley. Um, and it's really it, – it's kind of shocking because – so you brought up how I kind of fired him a little bit too soon, but that's what I do. That's the difference between college football and college basketball. You said it's you want to give four or five years for college football. It might be five or six years for college hoops, I, I guess, maybe, perhaps. Yeah, what we're saying it depends. There. Um, no, that's, it's a good thing. You point that out two things. One, the other freshman I was thinking about Darius, Hannah, apologize to him, but they also have a third, uh, a third, fourth freshman, uh, is a metamoric kid. So be cool if he, you know, has a similar, he's not going to do anything this year, but, um, be cool. Thomas Hall is his name. Was Canel Washington or metamoric? I can't metamoral. remember. No, metamoral. Metamoral. Yeah. Last thing I say about Wardle, I'm going to appreciate, um, having him here now because he is at the top of the list of mid-major coaches poised to move up to a big power five job he's not at the top but like if you if you name five or ten mid-major coaches he's on that list is there any spot you are worried about like does he have a connection to like he played there i think he's an assistant there uh i think Woj is not in great standing there uh yeah he's going to marquette as soon as that job opens up that's what i hate i mean i love I like boston college like i want jeff halfley to like buy in and be turn bc to what Dabo turned clemson into you know it's gonna I be want, a stepping stone it's a it's a leapfrog program it's just look at tom allen with indiana he's not gonna fucking be there even though you heard that incredible speech he look, had people post-game. were saying about uh pj fluck last year yeah like, right and then he uh, signed. He signed an incredible buyout. God, the buyout's the biggest fucking rig job yeah. in this goddamn nation. Um, all right, let's finish out uh, with our final four picks: Player of the Year, uh, Coach of the Year. Don't have much analysis. It's just a fucking crapshoot for Coach Coach of the Year and Player of the Year. So I've got uh, I've got Michigan State. Tom Izzo. I think uh, best conference. I have them winning the Big Ten. So I've got him winning Coach of the Year. Uh, talked about Terrence Clark. I everyone's got Cade Cunningham flying. Everyone's got Luca Garza. I mean, come on. I mean, that's yeah. Fade that when everyone's telling you that's a lock. Um, th- this is a crapshoot, but I know they like to favor kind of these upperclassmen. But I'll play uh, Terrence Clark's a guy I <laughs> like. I can watch his highlights forever. So I'm just hoping he's not. I'm hoping Terrence Clark comes on and takes you know the the scene by a sto- the. I don't know what I'm going for there. I hope he goes off and doesn't just have freshman struggles, essentially. I hope he's a freshman that really comes into his own um, and doesn't kind of find himself onto the bench in Calipari's kind of minutes rotation uh, by performing poorly. So I'll go Terrence Clark there, a little out-of-the-box play. For my player of the year, um, I am going to go Jared Butler. Uh, I have him as the best player on Baylor. And I think that Baylor, as you'll be able to see here on my other predictions, I think they're going to have a long season into April. Um, so I, I, most of the time I feel like, like Dylan said, they give it to the guys that are around junior, seniors for player of the year. I think Jared Butler is going to get this one. 
Player of the year, I'm staying home. Yes, this is a biased pick, but what I'm about to say is not. Io DeSumo, he is the most clutch player in college basketball last year, and that is not a homer analysis. You can ask anybody around. He had at least five game winners in the last 30 seconds, dagger after dagger. That's what we love about him at Illinois. I think Illinois is a top five, top 10 team. If they win the Big Ten, if they win 20 plus games, Io is going to be right there in the player of the year mix. Uh, I'll transition us to coach of the year and to a team we did not talk about because they're not in a power five conference. Gonzaga, Mark Few, absolute embarrassment of riches. They just got a waiver today. Hold on. NCAA, what the hell are you doing? We, why are you granting waivers 24 hours before the first hit? You couldn't have done it any sooner. Like this should have been a one year free. And I, to their point, I haven't heard of anyone getting their waiver turned down this year. Yeah. But what? it's a world fucking pandemic. One year, everyone gets to play. Who cares? That's just a whole other story. They have Corey Kispert. They have Ayala in the backcourt. They might go on. Uh, they're not going to go undefeated because they have a, they scheduled a really tough uh, non-conference. But that's awesome for us as college basketball fans, as betters. They we're used to hammering Gonzaga minus thirty-five because they don't San Diego. lose, and they right. But I'm excited to hammer them minus three and watch them win by twenty yeah. because I think they are, they are, they might be a step in a class of their own. Did Al agree with that tie? Is he sitting next to you? No, he's not sitting next to me. But no, I know he he agrees exactly with what Matt says there. He's big on the Zags this year. Um, however, for my coach of the year, um, I'm gonna go with Scott Drew. Um, I think this is a year that Baylor knocks off Kansas. He's got to beat um, that COVID first, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, once he comes back, um, all back and healthy, I think he wins the coach of the year this year. In the destiny, now he's gonna have a COVID survivor as a coach. It's like the Miami Marlins, right? You know, they're uh, ready to perform. All right, let's get to final four picks. And then championship, I'll dive right into my final four. Going with the Blue Bloods, baby. I've got Duke, Michigan State, Nova, Gonzaga. And uh, I'm not doing a final. I've got Michigan State winning the title. I think it's – it was 1979 when they won the title. It was uh, 2000 when they won the title. 2009 when they finished runner-up. Eh, they like the little decade thing. They like the little decade thing there. How about a little 2020-2021 title? I've got Tom Izzo and the Spartans cut down the nets. Uh, for my final four, I got uh, Baylor, Gonzaga, Virginia, and Iowa. Um, my championship, I got uh, Baylor versus Gonzaga. And then uh, my champion, as you've seen with the player of the year, coach of the year, I got the Baylor Bears cutting on the They've never won a next. title, have they? So this would be the first time? No, yeah, they, have, they never have. So I think this will be the first one. Uh, I'll be honest, the reason I'm not as high on Baylor as like Ty is is because of Scott Drew. I'm not a huge Scott Drew fan. you got to um, be there, you know, like I, I, you need experience. So we'll see. Um, and also, I'll be damned with those farm boys from fucking Iowa. <laughs> the I, I've be, got them out of the top 25 in two weeks. Yeah. One, I'll be pissed. And two, I'll be damned. So we'll see about that. Um, Gonzaga in my final four. Villanova. 
Texas Tech, Chris Beard is going to get back there. And you already know the orange and blue are going to oh get there. I'm telling you. Uh, they will lose in the final four, though. Cues? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I, no, I mean, that's funny. They're uh, the 2-3 plays in yeah. March. There's no yeah. other way to put it. No one plays the 2-3 zone all year, so when they play them in the March, they, it, it, they're they a tough match. Bad shooting day. You can be. I mean, anybody. like, what was it? Two or three years ago, they were just a horrible 10, 11, or 12 seed. Yeah. They were a 12 seed. They were playing. They made it to the Sweet 16 or to the Elite Eight. I think further, yeah. yeah. So they do play. No. Illinois, ILL, INI, this is the best team that they've had since 2005. I am. It's. My excitement is through the roof. It's going to end bad, I'm sure. So I'm jealous. Um, I'm jealous. I, I wish I had excitement, <laughs> like national title excitement. I get excited for the Meineke Car Care Bowl. Like, I mean, we were excited. We were. I really thought they were going to make a run last year. No, they weren't going to win at all, but they were They were poised to make a big run. And then Io declares, Kofi declares. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, then they come back. So, yes, uh, all the momentum is there. But I have Villanova cutting down the nets. Jay Wright, you know, we talked about good coaches, Chris Beard. Jay Wright's right there in the mix, top five. Um, I, Colin Gillespie. Uh, Earl Robinson, they know how to win. They're always there. Uh, I think they'll be right there in the end. Yep, but keep an eye out for the orange and blue, the Boise State Broncos. Um, all right, <laughs> let's get into uh, the end here of Corbett's Corner. Um, been a fun day here, a lot of podcasting, uh, extensive college basketball. Usually, I mean, you guys, we're going into a holiday weekend. Get caught up on everything, winging it. Corbett's Corbett's Corner we appreciate it we appreciate you the listener we appreciate you guys taking your time to give out your knowledge here Matthew Cruz and Tyler Dawson I'm Dylan Corbett really great stuff here we're gonna be posting clips throughout the year kind of dating back to this the original college basketball preview podcast here on Corbett's Corner again our thanks to Brendan Duarte for voicing our new intros thank you guys for stopping by dropping the knowledge and uh, again this is about as extensive as you're going to get here we break down every of the major conferences we like some final fours etc appreciate it hit subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcast Spotify um, Apple pods do you name it and on YouTube as well and we'll be posting clips on Twitter um, let's keep on cashing Corbett's, which dropped Corbett's corner, dropping here college basketball all day on a Wednesday. We appreciate it. Hit subscribe. Take care.